0: Our reading this morning is from Mark, chapter 10, beginning at verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder You shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honour your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up, We've left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, No one who has left home, or brothers or sisters, or mother or father, or children or fields for me and the gospel, will fail to receive a hundred times much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, along with persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning.
1: good morning, good to uh, see some faces, we did come here for uh, Ben's induction, but of course we were right in the middle of the sort of lockdown restrictions then, so uh, we didn't see all your faces, so it's good to see, it's good to be here, I was Ben's vicar when he was a curate and I taught him everything I know, so all the good things are all down to me, all right, <laughs> All the bad things, the bad habits he's got into since he left me. (laughs) But it's great. It is great to be here. Also, I had the wonderful privilege of being able to marry Jess and Ben, so uh, so so I've got really good connections with them, and and we are very fond of them. My wife Val is here uh, as well. We're going to uh, just look at that passage that uh, we just heard read. It's it's lovely to sort of drop into a, a series. Of looking at the scriptures and looking at the various things that Jesus said and, uh, and this whole sense of coming and going that is right at the heart of the gospel. Jesus calling people to come but then sending people to go. And you always get those moments where there's a, there's a difficult one. So what you do is when you get a difficult one is you invite somebody else. <laughs> Recently I went Back to another church that, that I was part of, and they just happened to be doing a series on giving. And the week that they were doing the series on financial giving, let's invite somebody else to come and do that. So I had to do that, but it's lovely to be part of this. And, and we're looking at go sell all that you have. One of the great things as we look at the Gospels is the way in which Jesus meets all kinds of different people. A whole lot of people come come to him with their problems, with their lives. He answers their questions. And he walks with them in their lives. All kinds of different reactions to different people. I was just uh, thinking, as so I say, Ben was, was my curate. He, he was one of seven curates that I had over many years. I was very young when I was ordained. Um, <laughs> over many years. And they were a very eclectic bunch. I had one who was... Uh, of Indian heritage from Yorkshire. I had one who was born and, and grew up in Canada. I had one who was severely visually impaired. I had a black Tanzanian woman. I had a woman who was in her sixties who came into ministry late. I had someone who'd switched from Baptist being a Baptist minister to being an Anglican minister and then I had Ben. So it was quite an eclectic mix of people. And the church is full of that, isn't it? And we see that in the Gospels, how Jesus meets all these different people. He longed to bring men and women into the kingdom of God. And he was constantly calling them to come and to go. But one thing he never did was compromise his standards. Compromise on the things that were important. Sometimes he was very sorry. Sometimes he was visibly grieved if they couldn't accept what he was saying but he would have to allow them to walk away and in our passage this morning this man walks away I don't know if uh, you use that uh, app what three words no no I bet Ben does yeah (laughs) a few of the young people do But is that to what three words? It's a way of finding a place. You, you sort of have three words to get places. Oh, it's quite a challenge if we were asked of what three words would you think of yourself? But in this passage, we have a man who is known as the rich young ruler. They all mention in the gospel, we have, we have, it's, the, the story is told in the, in the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke. They all mention that he was rich. Matthew is the only one that mentions he was young, and Luke is the only one that mentions he was a ruler. But he has become known as the rich young ruler. And we might say those are the only three things that we know about this man. He was rich, he was young, and he had some official status position in the community. It all adds up to somebody who, in some senses, was quite attractive. It's always good to have a healthy bank balance. It's always good to have youth on one side. And we don't know what the man ruled, but he clearly had some position. He had a status, a standing in the community, as I said. He had some importance. But it seems that as he had perhaps thoughtfully reviewed his life, he'd come to the conclusion that that something was missing. Although he enjoyed being rich, being young, and being influential, he realised perhaps that one day life would come to an end. One day he would die. And when that day came, he wouldn't be rich anymore. He couldn't take his money with him into the next life. As they say, shrouds don't have pockets. Some of us try to think that we can take it into the next life. Val's father, a wonderful Christian man, and yet he was insistent that he was going to take it. And he said, when he gets to his funeral, you know that hymn, Guide Me, O Thy Great Redeemer, the last verse, it says, land me safe on Canaan's side. And he said, when you get to my funeral, can you change the words to land my safe in Canaan, on Canaan's side? But the fact is, we can't take it with us. So he knew that there would come a time when those things that he had would come to an end. Maybe he'd taken a moment to see the big picture, to ask the big questions. And so there are two more things that we discover about him as he comes to Jesus. We also discover that he was religious. Because he tells Jesus that he kept all the commandments since he was a child. He was a religious man. I often get people ask me, how long have you been religious? And I've never been religious. I'm a man of faith. I follow Jesus. I don't follow religion. But this man was clearly religious. He'd kept those commandments. But something now made him question those things, the, the fundamental things that he built his life upon. He was searching for something more. And that's what brought him to Jesus. Maybe somebody said to him, Oh, you know, have you heard about this new preacher, this, this Jesus of Nazareth, who's telling us about the kingdom of God, about eternal life? And he thought, well, maybe he has the answer to some of the questions, the, the big questions that I have. And so he says, I'll go and see him. And, and we have this, this story of him coming to Jesus and falling on his knees before Jesus and he's, in effect saying to him, Jesus, I have a need. I have questions and I think you have the answer. What must I do to inherit eternal life? That man's eagerness was commendable. His kneeling in humility before this teacher was good. As he approached Jesus, he tries to sort of address him in a way that will put him in a favorable light. He'd even tried a bit of flattery, calling him good teacher. Although Jesus used that as an opportunity to say that only God is good. But it was his question. What must I do? What must I do? He came seeking for some satisfaction, for some answers, for some peace with God. But his very phrase, his very question perhaps betrays him. What must I do? He's thinking in terms of of action, something he can contribute. Perhaps being like the Pharisees, he's, he's thinking in terms of keeping rules and regulations. What must I do? He says, this man was, like many of us, a a doing person. A man of action. Just show me what I need to do. Jesus deals with the man's question, but he deals with him very gently, but very firmly. There are two very moving moments in this story. The one, firstly, where we're told that Jesus looked at this man and loved him the second comes later when we're told that the man goes away sad Jesus looked at this man and loved him we might think well here's a strange way of of Jesus showing his love there's no congratulation that this young man had come to him just an uncompromising demand for this man to change his life jesus knows what he's doing here he first engages him in his own sort of terms he he talks to him about the commandments and jesus lists six of the commandments the commandments that deal not with our duty to god but with our duty to those around us the ones that govern our personal relationships our attitude to our fellow humanity had he killed anybody what about adultery did he steal no he says I've kept all those. I've observed all those things. I've done all that stuff. What more do I need to do? What more am I lacking? Deep down, he knew that there was something missing, something more. It was a a good opportunity for Jesus to land a big fish as a follower. How easy would it have been for Jesus to say, yeah, don't worry, you're you're fine just as you are. Just carry on doing what you're doing and you'll be all right. Don't worry about anything else. This man, this, this rich young man would have been invaluable in the kingdom. Valuable as part of the disciples as they went about preaching and teaching. Would have been able to finance some of the ministry. He would have provided a bit of energy. As a person of position and status, he would have provided a bit of kudos. And Jesus had an opportunity here. But he didn't. The fact is that the gospel message is that there is nothing that we can do of ourselves. There is nothing that we have. There is nothing that we are. There is nothing we can give that gets us into the kingdom. There is just one thing that's required. To follow Jesus. To give ourselves and all that we are and all that we have to him. And that was the problem for this man. He couldn't give all that he had. He kept all the laws of Moses. Moses. He'd done all that he thought he had to do. But he needed to come and give all that he had. This man was so shackled to his possessions, to his wealth, that Jesus saw through him and saw that only radical surgery would make a difference. His achievements, his riches bound him. And it challenges us, doesn't it? When we look at this young man and we say to ourselves, so what are the chains that bind us? What prevents us from having that relationship with Jesus that we need to have? What holds us back? What are the things that Jesus points and says, you need to sort that out? You need to deal with that. Jesus didn't pause to go into any details He went straight for the jugular. There's something missing in your life, some priorities that you've got in the wrong order. If you wish to be complete, if you wish to know God in all his fullness, if you wish to be part of God's kingdom, then go, sell all your possessions and give to the poor. Then, come follow me. To say this, This young man was expecting to be told, well, you're doing all right. You've come so far, just all you need to do is carry on. But Jesus doesn't say that. He says, go and sort your life out. Go and get rid of these things that hold you back. Jesus put his finger on what he prized most, his wealth. He was called to let go of that which he most trusted. Without making that step, he wasn't going to be able to keep some of the other commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself an idol in any form. His wealth was his gold. His wealth was his idol. The disciples were a bit perplexed, telling this young man to go and sell all that he had this wasn't a general command i'm not saying that jesus is saying to all of us go and sell all you have and give to the poor now this is the same jesus who not long after this is anointed by this really expensive perfume isn't he jesus is not against wealth but he is when it's a problem and it was clearly a problem in this man's life this was the obstacle this was what's stopping him from coming into the kingdom He had to make a choice between Jesus or these riches. Sadly, the riches won. We're told at this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad because he was very rich. His desire for following Jesus was outweighed by his desire to keep his finance, his wealth, The young man's sincerity was blown wide open. What Jesus asked for was far more than he was prepared to give. He preferred financial security. He preferred public approval. He preferred social standing to eternal life. So he and Jesus would have to part company. We know that God doesn't work upon us to force us He doesn't force our wills. He doesn't compel us to follow him. He won't violate our free will. He asks us to come, to let go all that we have, to come follow him. But this man had to go first go sell all that you have. This story is a real challenge. We may not be called to give up all our possessions, to go and sell all that we have, although I can't discount that for everybody because some of us may have to. But we are called to surrender that any obstacle that prevents us from following Jesus. Today in our church calendar is Passion Sunday. It's the beginning of the time when we really look forward to easter when we walk the way of the cross when we hear again of all that jesus went through all that he gave up for us even life itself and as we do so we need to be challenged by this story as we look again upon the cross we need to ask what is it that we need to go and deal with what is it that gets in the way of our walk with jesus What is it that holds us back? What is it you need to let go of? For all of us, they will be different things. For this man, it was his riches, his wealth. But for us, it will be different things. This story is a real challenge. Go and sell all that you have. And come, follow me. Let's pray. Father, just pray that this morning we may just allow Jesus to challenge us. As he challenged that young man to go and sell all that he had. Lord, I pray that you might challenge us to go to search our own lives. To see what are the things that that we hold on to. The things that get in the way. The things that stop us from following Jesus. Father, I pray that as we move into this time of Easter. As we walk the way of the cross. As we remember all that Jesus did for us. Father, I pray that you might challenge us afresh. Come by your spirit, we pray. Touch our lives.
0: In Jesus' name. Amen.